This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. Double Tap Canada. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Double Tap Canada. Canada is good to be here. Mind you, my age, it's nice to be anywhere. This is a technology show, by the way.、Uh, we thought we'd join you this week to talk about technology and stuff、uh, because it's Global Accessibility Awareness Day, and、uh, we thought we'd join in the fun.、Uh, kind of handy that our show fell on Global Accessibility Awareness Day. Clearly, AMI had that plan several years ago, which is brilliant.、So、it all worked out beautifully.、Uh, with me this week, Sean Priest is here. Hello. It's all in the planning, you know. Happy. Gad day to you. Happy Gad day to you too.、Uh, Tim Schwartz with his bits and all. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. I think. Happy Gad to you, gentlemen. Indeed, yes. Happy <laughs> Gad day, indeed.、Uh, G A A D, Global Accessibility Awareness Day.、Uh, how are you guys celebrating? Have you bought anything yet? You know, I don't buy things. It's against my religion. I'm I'm trying to change that, but I have made a major life change. Ah. <gasps> Oh, I know it's exciting. Does your partner know? Yeah, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> we'll see what's up with that.、Um, okay, well, I'm going to get to that in a minute.、Uh, but also, Tim, you have more bits on show this week, I believe.、Um, Please, I, I do have some more bits coming up later in the show. Wow.、Uh, this week, I'll be talking about privacy and security online and on your smartphone. We've been talking about that. Quite a bit lately about security and things like that. So I'll be giving you some tips later in the show. Oh yeah, and that actually follows in quite neatly, actually, because again, planning is everything here.、Um, and if you believe that, you'll believe anything.、Uh, but yeah, the, the the planning this week was kind of around the privacy, and we've talked about it a few times in the show.、Uh, but of course, the news that WhatsApp. Uh, had a big problem this week that meant that users had to upgrade very quickly. If you haven't upgraded WhatsApp yet, come on, people, get your apps updated because、uh, the big security problem. That's the, that's a public service announcement there. Let's say if、Obviously. you haven't upgraded your WhatsApp yet, don't call me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get in touch with Tim; he'll sort it out. No,、uh, yeah, it's all good.、Um, so yeah, avoid spyware installation. Now, apparently, if you got a single missed call from someone. And I have to be honest, I get a lot of Russian bots.、Um, I think prostitutes, models. I get them all on my、uh, feed. You know,、uh, I'm very popular in Russia. Well, that's funny. I don't get any at all. There must be something <laughs> in your browsing history. Neither do I. I it's,、yeah. it's interesting because WhatsApp <laughs> is perceived to be really secure. I don't think there's been、yeah. any、uh, security. Problems with it so far. It is encryption end to end, and、uh, so far it's been rock solid. And to get a hack like this, which, as you said, was just took one missed call, and it could、um, exploit a, a security flaw, that's serious. So yes, definitely update it. Yeah, they were quite secure until Facebook bought them out.、Mm, oh, let's not go there. But yeah, anyway,、uh, let's blame Facebook <laughs> later. But yeah, they are owned by Facebook, and、uh, you're right. I mean, this was kind of almost the. This was almost a follow-on from BlackBerry Messenger, wasn't it? That people felt that、That's、you know、right. everyone loved BlackBerry Messenger because it was so secure, and you could you know you could you could arrange a riot uh, with uh, BlackBerry <laughs> Messenger, and no one would ever know.、Um, we don't condone but, it here at Double. No, I'm not saying you should no, do that. Listen, we, we we definitely are not condoning that, and and we know because we don't incite our own、uh, arrangement of a program. <laughs> never mind anything else. So you know what. <laughs> 
<laughs> we're definitely not demonstrators beware kind of people. Um, but uh, the thing was, the interesting part of this was that the people who were being targeted in this, and it was a targeted attack, um, apparently it was developed, the spyware was developed by a group out of Israel um, who were actually calling certain people. And with this single call, were actually being able to install spyware onto phones. And these phones were owned by, in the majority, people who were human rights activists. So there was a plan here. And the spyware could turn on a phone's camera and a microphone. It could scan emails and messages, collect the user's location data as well. I can now hear everybody listening to this running to their phones to update their (laughs) WhatsApp app immediately. Um, But there's 1.5 billion global users on this. Um, and, of course, immediately the suggestion was get this app updated. A, a fix was announced, and uh, the security uh, hole, if you like, has been filled and closed. So, uh, hopefully, that would be uh, the end of it. But I guess the question for, for a lot of us is how long did WhatsApp know about this? Was it an instant thing? Uh, I'd like to hope so. But um, it certainly wasn't something that was affecting everybody, but it was affecting, it seemed, certain people. So quite worrying, if I'm I'm honest. Yeah, and that's the thing, because we don't know behind the scenes how long was this going on, how long did WhatsApp know about it. That being said, from the moment that it went public and we knew about it, it seems like WhatsApp did get a fix out there rather quickly, quite honestly. And it's a good thing, because on this Global Accessibility Awareness Day, WhatsApp is a very accessible app, whether you're using Android or iOS. It is very accessible. Actually, being a Facebook product, it's probably more accessible than Messenger, quite honestly. And it's really easy to use. There's a lot of different functionality in there. And so it's something that a lot of blind people do use. And it it does seem like they did fix it right away, thankfully. But uh, yeah, it's it's scary stuff. Yeah, it is rather... Well, you know what? When it when it comes down to this sort of thing, sometimes I think there's safety in numbers because you think the user base is so massive. What's the odds of me actually having a problem with this? And it, the the fact that it's like state actors that's it's more of a targeted attack does mean that it's less likely to be you know you, uh, the average Joe in the street is likely to be uh, targeted. But as with anything, these exploits do trickle down and become mainstream. So, yes, it's worth updating just to make sure you're safe. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, although conversely, I would say that the safety numbers argument can be used the other way, which is where you think about the amount of people who are there and the fact that WhatsApp does not want to lose those people. So a fix is going to come quickly. You know, it's not going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, well, you got a problem. Oh, yeah, well, yep. we're closing in five minutes. Uh, call us back on Monday. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, it's not like that. They want to keep those users. And, of course, the thing is, with something like this, I mean, this is one single point of entry for, you know, 1.5, uh, was it a billion people? Is that right? 1.5 billion. I, know, it just doesn't, I still can't get used to billion I as know, a word. I know. Um, so, yeah, anyway, uh, really, really um, important that you get your app updated. If you haven't done it already, get it done. I've done mine. And I'm quite slow at this kind of thing normally. I've, I've, I've set my phone to auto-update my apps. So, you know, usually it just does it. But for, for this particular occasion, I did go in and make sure it had done it. And that was it. Well, it did laugh because the update actually said, fixes a problem with stickers. 
Um, oh well, that's the burning issue, obviously. It's like you know, and it's like you feel like it should say below that in small print, and of course, will save you from annihilation. Um, but yeah, it was all—it's all fixed now, thank goodness. So yeah, as long as you've got the update. Um, but yeah, it is Global Accessibility Awareness Day, and it's a chance for companies. And I'm not going to go on about it too much because, if I'm honest, guys, it's up to the other companies now to actually step up and talk about what they've been doing. And that's one thing that I think for me, Global Accessibility Awareness Day is a really good. Um, good thing. That's why it's a good thing. Because you've got companies who are almost falling over each other to say, ah, but my product's accessible because it's done this and it does that. That's a good thing. That's what I like about GAD. Well, and I think it also gives you that um, that focus to say, you know what, let's talk to those companies who haven't done a great job on accessibility, those apps that we mm-hmm. all know. I'm having a real problem with the Ring app at the moment for the video doorbell, unlabeled button, unlabeled button, a real cluttered interface, and uh, I think that's since Amazon bought out the Ring company. <gasps> so, um, yeah, I know, wow. I'm shocked. So I will be emailing them <laughs> and letting them know that on this day they should be doing more to make that app accessible because it is important. Well, in a day and age where we have so many days for everything, you know, national this and that day and worldwide or international this and that, and some of those can get kind of silly. Some of them can be very fun. Global Accessibility Awareness Day, I think, is very, very important because just like you guys said, one, for companies to come out and make a big public announcement of, hey, if you didn't know, we have accessibility here, here, and here. But then the flip side, as you were saying, Sean, that we can take that day as a a, a day to contact these companies and say, hey, by the way. Today is Accessibility Awareness Day, so um, I want to make you aware that you're not accessible. Yeah, do you even know there is such a thing as accessibility? (laughs) Yeah, so it it is great to go both ways in that, and hopefully someday we can get to a point where we update software or apps or we buy a product and the awareness has become such that we don't have to be doing that because things are just taken care of automatically. And that was seen this week. Uh, iOS uh, 12.3 came out and they updated the TV app. And I'm like, oh God, here we go. But mm. thankfully, the TV app, it, it's I think it's even more accessible than it was before. It's a lot easier to understand, a lot easier to navigate. And that's what I like to see. Microsoft, as we've talked at nauseum about this last year, you know, they've been making so many accessibility updates. Google's getting better with accessibility, as we may find out about later. And so to have companies putting that out there and saying, hey, by the way, we do have accessible products and we do have accessible apps, I, I think it's a great thing. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a great week, or sorry, a great day. And actually, that's, you know, I, I trip over that. And actually, do you know what? I, I shouldn't feel I should have to trip over that because I actually think it should be a, a week of celebration. Correct. We should be having parades in the street about this. <laughs> um, because, you know, ultimately a day, I mean, there's the National Donut Week in the UK. Uh, I mean, donuts get a week. And accessibility gets a day. There's something wrong there. I don't uh, think so. I know how you feel about donuts. I think you started that week. No, I'll be, I'll be honest. I'm not unhappy about the National Donut <laughs> Week. I mean, I want to be clear on this. I am happy for that to continue. It's a national tradition here in the UK. I personally I get very excited about it. Um, and I obviously am well prepared for it. Um, I celebrate it, in fact, all year round. I'm, I'm a great believer in celebrating donuts all the time. <laughs> I was going to say, just limited the one week. Yeah, the National Pancake Day and Donut Week. I'm like, those are needed? Why, why do I need those? I celebrate almost every day I can. Well, if anyone needs any proof of it, I mean, the proof that I love donuts, well, I'm doing the show with you two. 
Um, oh, anyway, I'm called for. We were going along so nicely, and then uh, where did that come from? It came from the same place it always comes from, hate. Um, <laughs> but Andy Frank, if you're listening, I'll gladly host from here on out. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Mercenary. You know, he's such a suck, isn't he? Honestly, he <laughs> just wants the gig, always wants the gig. Um, well, I will say that there are a lot of articles popping up with uh, GAD this week, which is good. Um, we're seeing lots of – what I think is great, actually, is the kind of demonstration of how technology is, is used by blind people. I think that's a really important thing. Because, you know, it's great that companies talk, and I think that's good, but it's also important to let everybody understand how accessibility works. For me, it's about saying to people, and this is kind of where the show came from and how its inception was was thought about, um, was that, you know, we we make accessibility for everybody. It's not just for a group of people who are blind or partially sighted or have hearing problems or who have whatever. It's for everybody. a friend of mine uses a phrase quite a lot or a, or a, a, a sentence that he uses quite a lot in his, his talks when he discusses accessibility. And he says that anybody at any point in their life can be temporarily disabled. Um, and in, in one instance, he gives the example of at some point today, you will have used one hand to use your phone. Try to do something with one hand because maybe you're carrying something or whatever. And for that, in that moment, you are temporarily motor disabled because you're using one hand right so in that situation we all experience different levels of disability all the time so how can the phone be used better to make it easier for you to navigate and use with one hand say and that's where that element of accessibility comes from but again that can be used by people who you know are temporarily disabled for whatever reason um so there's that's a really, really important thing. It is. And it just comes down to, you know, the the user interface and whatever interface to whatever gadget being as usable and as uh, interactive as it can be. And um, accessibility is almost a byproduct of that. Well, and to let the public at large know that even if you are disabled, whatever that disability is, you can still use these types of devices or interfaces. I, I don't remember how long ago it was, but there was that hashtag that was popular a few months ago, something like, you know, blind people use smartphones too, or so- something like that. And it was very popular. And I had a lot of people contact me saying, so talk to me, how do you use a smartphone when you can't see a flat glass screen? And so that started an actual debate about how we do those things. And so to have different products you know, out there that have accessibility built in and you know, like you were saying, Stephen, anybody can become either you know permanently or temporarily disabled at any time to know that there are those features there and to let the public know that, that anybody knows that, that anybody can use it, uh, I think is obviously a very good thing. Now, look, I am, as you know, all for saving the planet. Um, recycling is a big, big thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that extends not just to my waste, but also to my jokes and also to all of my ideas. Um, so looking back a few, a few, maybe a year or so ago on the show, we talked about maybe the top couple of gadgets that we have, that we use, that we, we just think are amazing, that we use all the time. And I think it's appropriate in GAD to recycle that particular idea for the good of the planet um, and, you know, come up with a couple of things that we use that we can do on Global Accessibility Awareness Day, we can say, look, this is this is it for me. This is the one thing that I think is either brilliant, I use it all the time, or something that you 
potentially foresee to be brilliant and great for blind people. So, uh, Tim, over to you. Oh, under the bus. Go, Tim. Whew, right under the bus first. Well, that means I get to steal smartphone right off the bat, right? Oh, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> well, no, but, but here's the thing. With the smartphone alone, I mean, there are accessibility features baked right into your smartphones nowadays, whether it's Android or iOS. And and there are a lot of great apps that make things more accessible for us. So, yes, that, that one is quite obvious. But other things we've talked about, like, you know, your your smart home devices, your, your you know, Amazon Echoes and Google Assistants that aren't meant to be accessible, but they really, very honestly, are very accessible. So things like that, for me, make my daily life a lot easier. I mean, I could go on and on about a lot of other obvious things, but I don't want to steal too many from you guys. But th- there are so many things that make my computer accessible to me, my phone, you know, the smart device, all these things that I, I wouldn't have had five, ten years ago. So a lot of that technology has really made a difference for me. Well, Tim totally ruined it for the rest of us, but um well I left a few things. Oh no, yeah, of course I was gonna have the smart speaker. But um <laughs> of course do you know you what? Were. I'm gonna say the thing that made the biggest difference to me and I think has changed the accessibility world, brace yourselves, NVDA. The non-visual desktop access screen reader. I'm going to tell you why. Because it was the first fully featured screen reader that you could get for no money, no cost. It's free. Absolutely amazing. Before that, you had to buy something. Or uh, I remember the days when it used to be hardware. You had to plug in. And that was really expensive for a speech synth. Um, Before we had anything like NVDA, accessibility was difficult. It did cost money. NVDA came along and changed the world for Windows accessibility, Um, carrying it around on a pen drive. You could use any computer, just plug it in and start it up. It's amazing, and I don't think they get enough recognition for the change that they made to the world of accessibility. Amazing! They do on this show. Oh, they do. They do by you. I mean, you love it. You want to marry it. I do. You want to take I it do. Out on I a want date. them to have my children because they changed my world. I love you, NVDA. And if uh, Sean's partner is listening, he doesn't mean that. He's, he's, he's <laughs> he only kidding. Mm-hmm. No, he and doesn't. his children, for that matter. Yes. No, no, no. It, because we all know his first love is food. Um, oh, unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah. I, I, okay. All right. I'll give you. I'll give you NVDA. I was actually going to. Th- I was thinking of saying Jaws actually, but I'll. I'll give you NVDA. And uh, Tim, you've stolen everything else. Um, I would say for me, it's probably uh, the Orbit Reader Twenty, the Braille display, uh, which is kind of my oh, no, that's toy good. at the moment. That is good. And uh, yeah, uh, for a couple of reasons. One, I mean, I chose to start learning Braille end of uh, last year, and have been going through that journey of learning. And with that, I've been sort of developing all the skills and starting to use the Orbit Reader properly to read and enjoy books. And one of the the strangest things, and I've said this before, but I think it's always worth repeating, one of the the strangest things about Braille Displays for me, and I I guess because I, I live in a world of audio and have done for a long time now, I just never imagined what it'd be like to read a book in silence. Oh, good point. And it's an amazing thing because, you know, when I've got to listen to these two, yammer on in my ear day and night i've got jaws voiceover i could say my wife but i may end up divorced so i won't say that um (laughs) um, 
She used to listen. She doesn't anymore. It's fine. It's all fine. Uh, listen, this is the pact, all right? I won't say to Sarah if you don't say. And as for Jen, we'll, we'll, we'll come up with a reason for you to feel uh, impassioned not to speak either, Tim, a bit later. Absolutely. What goes on in Double Tap stays in Double Tap. Exactly. But wait, I'm the only one that hasn't thrown my partner under the bus yet. So, you know, I'm, I'm still safe. You are being yet. Yet. Um, <laughs> but we will if, if you don't. Um, so anyway, that's all fine. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's great. I think for that, also the price point is amazing. I mean, you're talking below $500 or thereabouts. I mean, it depends on where, where you are, of course, in the world and where you uh, get access to it from. And, and I know that it's, it's, you know, it's got its issues as well. It's not perfect, but it's a, it's a blooming decent piece of kit for the money, considering how much you would pay. And it's still expensive in comparison to well, I think about anything else. Yes. I mean, if you think it's essentially a keyboard with a, a note taker in it, um, you know, I mean, a basic laptop would would give you more functions by far and cost half the price. But we're talking here about something that is very specialist, that is for a niche market, whatever way you look at it. So, I think this is a really good device, and and that would be my choice. I think Braille is seeing a bit of a resurgence because of kit like this. Ultimately, price would always determine that. Uh, what we need to do now, I think, is, is a, as a world, is fight for more training and for people to stop saying stupid things. And I'm sorry, but if you say this, that what I'm about to say, then you are stupid. The people who say things like, oh, I mean, you know, you don't need Braille these days because you've got audio. I mean, what do we need Braille for? It's dead or it's dying or, you know, what's the point of it? Uh, you know, can't you just use your phone? And my response to that is, well, first of all, you're stupid. But secondly... <laughs> But secondly, that's like me saying to you, okay, well, your child is going to school next week. I suggest they don't bother learning to read and write. What's the point? Yeah. And if you say that to someone, they go, but that's different. No, it's not. It's exactly the same. Yeah, there's a level of literacy and independence that Braille brings that, yeah, audio is great. And I, I do a lot of audiobook listening. But, yeah, there's something to be said for Braille and, and that level of literacy that it can bring to you. Yeah. I mean, I'm always going to shout for Braille. And uh, I will continue to do it until people stop saying silly things. It's funny, um, though. That I find that the most people that say that Braille is dead or it's not needed anymore are people in the position to offer training i found when i've gone looking for help with uh, braille materials um, from certain government departments it's always oh no there's no demand for that anymore no one uses braille and you think well with that attitude i'm not surprised really you know it should always be available well, I wonder where that comes from, though. I mean, I wonder where the, the no demand thing comes from, because there probably isn't a huge demand, because a lot of people might just think, well, I'll just get by without it, and I've managed so far. Also, if you think of the number of people who lose their vision later in life, they may not wish to start learning Braille at that point. You tend to find it's, it's people who are younger, and because those numbers are smaller, people who either are born blind or, or end up blind early in life, I yeah. think that might be where that comes in, where there's a bit of a disconnect between the reality of sight loss and the the experience and the growing up part, which is actually the most important time. You know, I started learning Braille at school when I was 13, 14 years old, and I just wish I'd stuck with it, but it was optional for me. And, you know, as a kid, you don't want to do anything. I didn't yeah. want to go to school, never mind learn Braille. <laughs> so, you know, I didn't want to do it. So they're like, okay, fine, don't do it then. And I wish someone had just said to me, and I, I, ironically... They did with typing. 
And I remember being forced to learn to type. Me too, touch typing, but I, I'm so glad I, I, so I did glad it. I did. And I hated it yeah. at the time. Exactly. And so am I. I. You know, I'm so glad for a whole host of reasons. I mean, it was one of those things I used a typewriter. And they put a piece yes. of paper over my... I thought it was a bit cruel. They put a piece of paper over my hand. Yeah, like I could see the keys. Um, <laughs> wow. But, you know. So I'd, t- I'd type away, and I was like, okay, fine. And I learned to do it, and it was great. I wish they had done that with Braille, though. I wish they'd forced that. But I think it's about attitude. And, you know, I, I, I'm kind of half-joking with what I'm saying. But in, in, in seriousness, what I'm saying is Braille is important. Don't discount it. And for a child, if you're a, if you're listening to this and you're a parent of a child who is blind, give them Braille. Let them learn. Um, and that's why companies like Lego, who are creating the Braille bricks, and it all sounds a bit nicey-nice, but it's just a really good thing because, again, it, it cements the idea of education and Braille. That is really important. I can't argue with that. Absolutely. Nope, can't argue with that at all. And, and I do want to mention, if I could, just a couple of honorable mentions while we're on this topic, because we haven't talked about Ira. We haven't talked about Orcam. I know that's a bit more expensive, but I think that's changed a lot of the way that we do things. So services like Ira, where you can call an agent and get assistance. Uh, I think handheld magnifiers, digital magnifiers, when I had some vision still left, that was a major deal to me to be able to have something to magnify something on the fly. That was a big deal. The script talk prescription reader, just another thing that I think is amazing because you could just put your prescription bottle on it and it reads everything to you about your prescription. Wow. So there's a lot of things like that out there that are third-party type devices, your Victor Reader streams and handheld GPS devices, color identifiers. There's so many things out there separate from an app on a smartphone that you can get that can get you independence, can can provide accessibility. And I think we're in a really good day and age where a lot of that stuff is available to us. Yeah, definitely. I'm really excited about the future of technology, and I think it's going to go a long way. We've got autonomous vehicles, we've got uh, artificial intelligence, augmented reality, virtual reality, and all of these things have a place for us. Uh, And like, you know, when the first iPhone came out, I think this is an amazing thing to think about, that in 2007, the iPhone appeared for the very first time. And it wasn't until 2009, 10 years ago, that voiceover showed up. So for the first two years of the iPhone's life, there was no accessibility on it. And we kind of forget that. Uh, But I do remember in those two years wondering how we would ever have used a smartphone like that. Because I had experience of this. I had a Sony Ericsson P800, which was... Uh, one of the first sort of, um, I can't remember the name they used for it. It was like a business device, you know. I can't remember the name. They, they, they give us a fancy name. But basically, it was a phone which had a keyboard, a kind of T9 keyboard, you know, the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, up to 9. Yeah. And you would use that like an old text um, keyboard. Uh, and you could flip that down and it would give you a full screen with like a organizer and calendars and all that kind of stuff in there. And it had a little stylus on the side. Ooh, you're such a yuppie. I know. Well, that was it. At the time, I was into all this stuff, and I thought, this is amazing. But, of course, I couldn't really see any of it. I had a magnifying glass over all of it, and it was that kind of grayscale screen. There's no colour. That spoiled the image somewhat. Yeah, I know. It kind of lost its yuppie-ish there. Um, But it was a really interesting idea. And when the iPhone came along, I thought, well, yeah, that's amazing. But, of course, again, not accessible. Um, I can't use that, right. Yeah, and that was it. And I just thought the problem for me was that was where all the phones looked like they were 
then heading that kind of style. And they were. Then accessibility comes along, bang, we're in. And um, look where we are now. It's amazing. So I can see all of that happening with all these new platforms, all these new content platforms that are coming. It's it's an exciting time. But look, let's leave it there for Global Accessibility Awareness Day. Good luck to let them eat cake. Um, I didn't get any cake for GAD. Um, I'm kind of annoyed about that. I will, however, wait until National Donut Week, so it's all fine. Um, stick around. We're going to find out about Sean's big announcement, and we're going to look at your emails. That's next. Double Tap Canada. Double Tap Canada. Welcome back. It's Double Tap Canada. And uh, before Tim gets his bits out for us, oof, dear. I really need to think that one through again. I mean, honestly, even please I'm... Please feeling... change the name. Please. Feedback at ami.ca. Change the name, please. We need some suggestions. I'm getting some feedback, but it's from my stomach. Um, <laughs> right, let's... Um, you came up with it. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I'm going to rethink that one for you. Uh, yes, please. But Thank you. Know, you know if I do, it'll be worse. Yeah, that's why I asked the dear listeners out there to email us and give us better suggestions. You don't know our listeners. <laughs> well, it's going to be worse. Well, this is true. I know some of our listeners, and yes, it could be worse. But um, yes. Well, um, we are going to do something different next week, right? Because we're just talking to you on the break there. Tim hasn't had a go at hosting the show while I'm here. Um, and, you know, I think it's time you host. I think it's time because he he's kind of a – I'll be honest, listeners. He's getting a bit annoyed that I threw him under the bus. So yeah. it's your turn next week, and you can throw me under the bus all you like. You can line up a fleet if you wish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see how this goes. As I was telling you during the break, the last time I was to host and you were on, you became the host. So we'll see how this goes, Stephen. We will see. Oof, are we actually on air right this now? This is on air, yeah. This argument. I mean, whinging and moaning. You're so unprofessional. I'll host. <laughs> You'll do it. Yeah, right. When was the last time you hosted Double Tap? Yeah. Yeah, priest. Well, well, don't start on me. You carry on fighting between yourselves. <laughs> it's going to be interesting next week. Let's wow. just say that. It will be. This is going to be good. I'm looking forward to this. That means you need to come up with all the ideas. Well, what's new? What, what's different about this oh. show? Oh, happy Gad Day. I don't hear you right. arguing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for an argument. <laughs> Sean, let me... <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> it's hard to argue with the facts. That's all I'm saying. Um, Sean, let's turn to you because you have got a bit of an announcement to make. I have. Um, uh, I don't know where to start with this. I'm emotionally drained and just confused with the world. My whole world is upside down because I recently got hold of a Pixel 3 smartphone. Now... I've been on Apple since uh, since the very beginning, and my current iPhone is a 6S. Now, it's slightly battered and torn, um, but I love Apple. But I thought I wanted to have a look at this Pixel 3, because with the new iPhones, I just, I'm not sure about the pricing of them. I, I'm finding it hard to justify these high prices. And with the recent announcement that Google have of the Pixel 3a, for, uh, I think it was $399 US. Um, that sounds amazing to me, and I was really interested. So, anyway, moving on. I've got this Pixel 3, not the 3a, but the Pixel 3 to take a look at. And I installed Android Q on it, and it's great. It's accessible. The keyboard is working so well. Um, all the apps are really good. I can't find a problem with it from the standpoint of accessibility. 
I'm amazed because the last time I did take a look at Android seriously, what were we talking, five, six years ago maybe? And it was just clunky and hard work and uh, no, I couldn't get on with it. Now, I have delved back a few times since then, but to actually go into it seriously and give it a fair try, I've got to say, Android Q and accessibility on this phone specifically, now Pixel 3, is amazing i am so close to saying this is the new phone for me oh dear we've heard this before from from steven actually we've heard this before this this feels like the same story again from me yeah this this feels like we're going round (laughs) and so no 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 listen i am aware of that shiny new gadget feeling that you get you know this is oh it's new it's different it's great and i am aware of that but there's something about it which makes me think, you know what, this is more serious. And some of the problems that were there in the past, the keyboard, for example, was so difficult for me. But the latest Google Board app, uh, the keyboard that they use, is really good. I mean, it's simple things. Like on the Google Board keyboard, you can set it so the number row is always available at the top. Um, And On iOS, I need to go to the symbol keyboard to type a number out and then switch it back to letters. And it used to drive me crazy. And it's lots of little things like that that you really notice on Android. And you think this customization that that is the gift of Android actually does make a difference. The ability to use a different web browser. Um, the difference to change the Nova, uh, sorry, the launcher on there to make it behave different and look different and it's there's something about it. after being cooped up and a prisoner inside the walls of the apple garden for so long there is something nice about it but besides that from an access a purely accessibility point of view i can't find a problem with it everything has been accessible now i was saying to uh, stephen before and, and tim before that some of it I was having a, a problem with like not I couldn't find a way to jump to the top of the screen or the last item of the of the screen uh, to label unlabeled buttons and things like that. And I was saying, you know, it doesn't feel quite as mature as iOS and voiceover. Um, but since then, you know, I've looked into it a little bit more and those options are there. It's just the, the fact that they're different. Of course they're different. It's a different way to do it. But once you start digging into it, you find that those options are there. And there's even more. The, the ability to customize gestures to do different things. So you can choose what gesture you want to read the screen or read from the top of the screen or bring up the actions menu. Um, I've, I've just got to say, I think now that Android is on a par with voiceover when it comes to accessibility. And even the third-party apps, which was one of the biggest problems I I could, I thought I was going to encounter when moving to Android, I haven't really found a problem with. Facebook is great. YouTube, I think, works better on Android. Um, WhatsApp, I mean, everything that I use on the iPhone, I've managed to use on Android. Okay, Apart all right, from Twitter. all right. No, I, Twitter. I, 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 hang on, no, hang on, hang on. No, 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 no. I, want to, I want to tackle you to okay, the ground yes, on this one. Please, Stephen, stop this nonsense. Stop the insanity. Let me at him, because here's my question, right? If it's so wonderful and so amazing, why today did you tweet out about it from an iPhone? <laughs> Yes. Now then, see, I knew this was going to come up as I was typing the tweet out from my iPhone saying, 
I really like Android. I knew that someone was going to come back and say, hang on, this says posted from Twitter on iPhone. Now, the reason is that that is the one thing that I can't find is a Twitter client because Twitter doesn't seem to be accessible. Now, let me say this before anyone shouts me down. I'm running Android Q Beta 3. So there are some apps. I can't get Firefox to work. It just crashes. But I'm putting that down to the beta that I'm running. Uh, you wouldn't expect mm. you, know, you expect problems with it. So to be fair, if I was running Android Pie, um, maybe it's absolutely fine. So yes, there are going to be issues there. But you know, I, I, there are issues on third-party apps on the iPhone as well. Uh, look, I'm not. I'm not trying to say Android is now better or it's. It's. I'm, I hate Apple now. Um, I'm just saying, I'm really surprised how accessible it is, and it's definitely an option. And not only that, I, I'm using it as my main phone. I still have my 6S because there's things on there, you know, like iMessages or like seeing AI that I really like. So I've still got that. In fact, I'm carrying two phones around with me now. But Ooh. I have no SIM card in my 6S. So my Pixel 3 is now my main driver. It's the phone I'm using all the time. And so far, I'm quite willing to put my hands up and saying this could still be, you know, the honeymoon period because it's been a week, not even a week. Um, so... I, I, it, this may change. I'm astonished. I've just got to come out and say it. For so long, I've been saying that Android isn't as mature. And I've got to say, it's different, and it does take some getting used to, but it's really good. There, I've said it. Wow. I, I'm just so shocked and surprised. We've been trying to get you to talk about Android and even other things like Narrator, trying to get you to try these other things. Will you stop you... mentioning Narrator? Please. Well, I will mention it, it until you try it and admit that it's finally <laughs> decent. Ugh. Anyway, but just to get you to try something like that, I'm just so impressed. But yeah, it, it kind of annoyed me when you were WhatsApping us from your Android telling us all these great things. And every time I wanted to go in and say, yeah, but it won't do this and it won't do that, you beat me to it by saying, oh, you know what I found in settings today? Oh, guess what else I found? Oh, I can do this too. Oh, I could. And I'm like, okay, well, there went some of my arguments. Thanks, Sean. Um, but that that almost is a problem if I'm going to nitpick at all. For so long, we thought that those things weren't there, the read-all command or the other things you mentioned, and that you had to find them buried in settings where you had to change them. I'm glad that it's there. I'm not saying that I'm not. I'm glad that you can customize it. I think that's great. But the fact that you didn't know that and had to go digging to find it, I don't like that so much. But I do think that this is fair. And uh, yeah, it might be the honeymoon period. Plus the fact that it is a raw, good version of Android. It's not that fragmented version that you get on another phone. It's a Google phone. So it's going to be the best version of Android, the best version of TalkBack, uh, the accessibility suite. So you're going to get the best experience. Um, so yeah, I, I think that, that this is a good way to try it out. Now, things like the keyboard, well, that's why I use Flick type so i can do things in a touch um or you're talking about you know, browsers you don't have to use safari on an iphone you can i use firefox all the time so but but i think that just speaks to the fact of what you said about being on par um i, I i'm i'm mm. interested in this i think this is this is good news yeah i i think that what's happening here is that we're starting to see that the, the reality is with android that it is on par um but i think that and this is actually a wider point about all technology these days, is that it's all about, these days, discoverability. Um, 
And that's where a lot of this is is challenging for us. And, and maybe that's actually a really, maybe that's a, the kind of biggest takeaway from all of this is that, you know, to, to discover how all this works is more challenging, especially for us, because there's not that many articles about Android accessibility. There's not that many podcasts. There's not that much talk about it in the community because there are less people using it, primarily because Apple came first. I mean, it wasn't until 2013 that we started to see TalkBack appear. Uh, in a very rudimentary form. And if you used it in 2013, you'd have thought, ugh, that's terrible. Yeah. Uh, in comparison to the iPhone at that time, it had five years or so on it. Um, does it feel like, even when you're using it now, that it's it's still that far behind? Or does it feel like it's it's caught up? Yeah, I honestly think it's safe to say that. We are on a level playing field now. Um, now, I am talking about TalkBack or the Google Accessibility Suite, of course, and out-of-the-box accessibility, you know, the built-in or bundled apps and the, the actual operating system itself, so far seems totally accessible and actually quite nice to use. But of course, it's third-party app accessibility where um, it could live or die, basically. But as I said, so far, all the, the major apps that I've been using on my iPhone have uh, have been fine on Android as well. Uh, Accessibility-wise, they're they're nice to use, apart from Twitter, but there, there may be a reason for that. Now, of course, there are things that are frustrating me about Android. The ability to quickly turn the speech on or off. I, I don't mean disable talkback, which you can do by holding down the, uh, the volume up and down keys together, but actually just muting the speech. Um, and also a, a quick way to turn the screen curtain on or off. Um, I am missing those gestures. You can do the screen curtain, but you need to go into a menu and then find it. There are some frustrating things in there. Um, but when I was using the iPhone, I, it was hard work for three or four days. And I was still learning gestures six months later that I didn't know about. So I'm going to give Android the same sort of uh, commitment. I think. Um, but I was just impressed from out of the box, setting it up. It was just a nice, accessible experience. Whether the third party apps stand up as well, then we will see. But a lot of what you're saying, though, is it comes down to one simple thing, and that is getting stuff done. That's why I think we become so impatient with Android. I mean, the three of us, because, you know, in a way we we know it can probably do it. But, you know, it means I have to learn something else to do it. Yep. It's why I use a Mac for some things. I use a PC with JAWS for other things, because I know that I can get the job done just as quickly. I might know how to do it on the other one, but I just think I'll jump on JAWS because it's quicker. Get to the point quicker. Um, you know, why Why would you spend longer doing something when you don't need to? However, also, for our purposes, it's important that we do talk about this stuff and we actually investigate it. I'm really glad you've, you've taken this on. I'm really glad you're enjoying it because I think that will say to a lot of people out there who've maybe been considering it, uh, and actually at a really important time because Google bringing out this new phone, the Google Pixel 3a, which I think is, is going to, and it's not just me that thinks that, there are a lot of industry experts that are saying this is going to massively change the market. Yeah, I think so. And, and this could force companies like Apple, wouldn't it be amazing, to get down to that kind of level with phones? I mean, will they compete that level? I don't know. But, you know, maybe an SE2 might appear. And if it does, then, hey, it might be that kind of price. That would be amazing. Maybe that's what they're going to bring out this year. You never know. But that would be brilliant. Um, but what I think the key thing is the price would come down, affordability is better, uh, and choice is therefore made more available as well um, and more affordable, which is important. So, you know, you, you know 
but getting a device like the Google Pixel 3a now will give you the same level of experience that you will get on those kind of phones. Um, maybe slightly different because of the processor. That's the thing about the Google Pixel 3a. You know, it's, just, it's essentially the same as the current Pixel with maybe last year's innards, if you like. Yeah, that's to, right. To steal Sean's word, innards. Um <laughs> It's worse than bits. Um, but, uh, I don't know. <laughs> but, no, I, I think it's really, really interesting that you've, you've done this. And, uh, yeah, good on you, Sean. Thank you. I know, I know. I am great. And I'm already working on a uh, demo of the SuperSense app. And I think it's called, I'm going to try and pronounce it, Lazarello. Something like which that, Which is yeah. a blind square alternative for android which is really good so yeah i'll have something for next week when tim's hosting but look l- let me just quickly say this because tim you, uh Stephen, you did say that um that there's more ios users than there are android users out there in the visually impaired community and i'm not entirely sure how true that is anymore at least i've found that many people use android because accessibility as i've said before isn't just about the software functionality it's also about the price point if something is really expensive then it doesn't matter how accessible it is people can't afford to gain access to it if you like um and also another last thing i want to say about android is that yes i think it's great and it's come a long way and i think it's a definite option now but the problem with android and why maybe we don't see so much coverage of it is that there is a difference in handsets and there's difference in manufacturers skinning their own versions of Android and doing different things with Android. I was recently talking to a friend of mine and he was saying, oh, it's great that you're going to talk about Android. Uh, I've been looking for a new phone and I've tried a few out, but I had to send my Huawei one back because the unlock pin code uh, wasn't accessible. And it's things like that that do hold Android back and make it difficult for me to say, okay, this is how you do something, because someone else with a Samsung or an LG phone may find that they're having a different experience. So that's the sort of gift and the curse of Android, the customizability of it, and um, that is something that we still need to be aware of. But I've just got to come out and say it, because, you know, I've been a bit down on Android for a long time. I've had a great experience so far. Wow, I I just don't know what to say to that, although I'm probably going to get in trouble with what I'm about to say. You went to a course to take a course to learn something, and most of the users were Android users. Maybe that's because iPhone users didn't have to go to a course to learn something. (laughs) Oh, that was nasty, wasn't it? Only in America. He's getting, he's, he's getting prepped up for next week to be host. That's what it is. He's getting, he's getting psyched <laughs> yeah. up for the fight. Yeah, to sit in the big chair, you got to have that uh, chip on your shoulder, I think. Yeah, yeah extra salt, oh, please. He's, he's gone all Trump. <laughs> hey, hey, watch it. Watch it. Uh, I mean, I always think about the iPhone SE as my kind of favorite phone. I think it still is. I, I still use mine for work. And, um, you know, I actually went back to it from the Samsung S10 for a while, which is something insane when you think about it. But I did. I moved back to the iPhone SE because, again, I wanted to get stuff done. And that became my kind of go-to. I, I really love the SE. And if they bring out an SE 2, I'm going to shock you guys. I might even sell my XS because as much as I like the, the, the 10S and I think it's a nice phone and all that, I miss Touch ID. I think it's easier. Um, I, I love the form factor of the SE. I just, please, Apple, bring out another SE2 or bring out an S, another SE so that I can get that. But I think if you're looking at Android, um, where SE was the kind of blind phone, I think 
the Google Pixel 3a might be the Android blind phone. Yes, definitely, yep. I think so. So yeah, but yeah, you've got to do some. You've got to do loads of reviews for it. You've got to review it. You've got to talk about it loads because um, we've got to. We've just got to. Uh, oh, I might hate it next week. Give me a chance. Right, okay. Well, so next week you'll hate it. <laughs> Stay tuned on the roller coaster soap opera that is Double Tap Canada with phones. Honestly, um, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, let's let's get some emails in, shall we? There's lots of stuff going on here. I'm, we didn't get a chance to put these into any kind of voice audio so i'm going to try and read through these so uh, of course our listeners i love you all but you all know how to write an email don't you um so let me <laughs> let me take my time through this um first of all let's say hi to dora speck our own little dora the explorer hello hi um, dora one of our favorite social media followers yes hi dora yeah well listen great to have you uh, emailing in uh she says, hello, you guys. Thank you so much for answering my email last week. It meant a lot. I have a question regarding smaller computers. Now, right now, I can't afford a MacBook Pro as much as I'd loved one for school and for personal use. But if anyone could make me a trillionaire, I would love them to death. But no one's made that happen yet. So do you happen to have any recommendations on 12 or 13-inch computers that I could use both at home and at school, I'm looking for something more lightweight. I know Chromebooks are in the two to $300 range, even higher, depending on what you're looking for. But I also know that those are browser-based. And if I needed to do anything offline, I'm stuck. At least that's what I've been told. Is that true? Or can a Chromebook be used offline? I currently have a 15-inch HP Pavilion that's heavy and bulky with a touchscreen and the battery's shot. I can't take it anywhere without dragging the charger along with it. Any tips and advice would be greatly appreciated. Have a good day and keep the sense of humour coming as always. Thank you, Dora. Thanks, Dora. Um, So, cheap computers, but good computers. Well, no, I think this is over to you, Stephen, because the um, I'm thinking for the... We're talking about ultrabook size. When you say small computer, we're talking those thin, sexy ultrabooks, aren't we? Mm. And if you're looking at from a Windows point of view, or no, even the Mac point of view as well, you're talking, you know, at least a thousand dollars usually. Um, so it does purely come down to budget. Um, but the Chromebook, on the other hand, is a viable alternative if you can use it offline. And I'm not entirely sure. Well. I will say this, the, the Chromebook accessibility, I have been very impressed by. I've, we've done features on it in the past. And I am really impressed by Chromebook. In fact, there are certain websites I would say are more navigable with Chrome, uh, Chromebook at least, and with Chrome Vox software on it than uh, even on a on a Windows PC with NVDA or JAWS. <gasps> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Shocking. Sorry to upset you. I'm so sorry. That's um, the woman I love. Yeah. <laughs> but... Unfortunately, that's sometimes the case. Now, equally, there are websites that aren't as accessible on Chrome that are better on JAWS and NVDA. That's just the reality of it. Um, But I've not had many bad experiences. And on some websites that I've gone to, especially like, you know, I get these delivery cards through saying, oh, we tried to deliver this parcel and we couldn't get you. Um, And you've got to go on, you've got to rebook through the website. And that always fills me with dread. How will this work? And, you know, on the Chrome, I've had pretty much, no, I can't say 100% because I've only done it a few times, but let's say I've had a very good experience. All the websites I've tried, all three of them recently, have been good. Uh, I've been able to do what I needed to do, um, and, that, and that's great. But, you know, other things like obviously using documents and stuff, this is where things get more challenging because everything is browser-based, and that's the key thing, Dora. 
everything's browser-based. You don't get... Uh, well, okay, you do get applications you can download, but they're Android tablet applications, and you're reliant on those being accessible. And that can be where things get tricky. By the sounds of it, I think you need something like a really decent, but not too expensive, Windows laptop. Um, running NVDA, or running JAWS, or even just running Narrator, if it's got the latest edition. And I don't think you need to spend much more than $500. I'm not going to get into the specifics. I mean, there's lots of people kind of pushed certain brands. I mean, Lenovo is a very popular one, essentially because you could drop Lenovo uh, from the top of Mount Everest <laughs> to the summit, and it should, in theory, um, still be working. The ThinkPad range was the one which uh, I used, and I actually bought a second-hand one. I bought a pre-owned one uh, because I felt, if I'm honest, I wasn't going to spend the big bucks on the Ultrabooks. It wasn't something I was going to carry around, so it didn't matter too much. But you can get, like, 13-inch ones, decent and pre-owned, and that's worth looking at. Anything I would say, and I know Sean will argue with me here, but I think anything with an i uh, an, an Intel Core i5 processor from the last three years or so is pretty good. Um, oh, come on. Boo, wrong. No, I can't argue with that. You're absolutely <laughs> right. Anything like that will do yeah. absolutely fine. Well, I mean, that's it. I mean, you don't need a huge processor. I mean... No. Uh, four gig, well, but eight gig of RAM is a kind of ideal um, if you want to get in a computer. And you know, anything with a two hundred and fifty-six uh, gig hard drive, if it's a solid-state drive, that means it'll run much faster. Um, a lot of those laptops at that kind of budget will probably have a non-solid-state, and that might be five hundred gigabytes. Uh, and that's, I would say, your kind of base level. That's going to run fine with any kind of screen reader. And of course, if it's running the Rater, um, in theory. Any machine should should work, but of course, as we all know, there are some that are better than others. Uh, so I would go just a little bit higher up the range to Intel Core i5, um, 8 gig RAM, 256, 500 gig drives. It would be great. So you shouldn't need to spend a huge amount of money. Um, but good luck with that. Um, and get rid of that 15-inch pavilion, because I think it's um, too big and bulky. Get rid. Um, right, or look, just get... replace the battery. You can replace the battery on this. Terrible idea. Don't, don't listen so... to him. Terrible no. idea, Dora. Um, Thank you. Right. <laughs> One quick... We just, just realised time here. We, we need to go. Uh, but Billy Burrell has sent in a message. I want to quickly get this in. Uh, he says, After finding an article on Twitter about a Sunu band... I listened to a demo video of it, and I was quite, um, I quite liked what I heard. Um, it's a band worn around the wrist, which has a sensor that detects anything that may be in your path as you navigate your way around both indoors and outdoors. It's also a watch, which tells you the time haptically, the same way it alerts you to obstructions and, or obstacles. I wondered if any of you had seen it or tried it, as I really would like a second opinion. I believe it's priced at around $300, which equates to around £225 in the UK. Um, if the item does as the video says and helps to protect the wearer from unseen obstacles, then that price tag doesn't seem unreasonable. So I'd be very grateful for any additional information you can provide. And while I'm in touch, he says, I bought the voice stream scanner that you demonstrated on your show, and I think it's absolutely brilliant. Yay. Mind you, I did have a few problems initially with the phone camera not picking up images correctly, but that turned out to be because of my iPhone case, which I bought from Amazon, which for some strange reason obscured the rear camera lens. Oops. Oops. Uh, well, I have since bought a new case, and it works perfectly every time. Picking up the text, reading it back to me clearly. It's the first time that I've had the ability and confidence to read my own mail since losing my sight around 11 years ago. Wow. On your show recently, you read out an email from an American listener called Greg. 
who is less than complimentary about you and your co-hosts. As the old saying goes, you can't please all of the people all of the time. And I think Double Tap uh, is an informative show and well worth listening to. I look forward to your podcast every week. And while there may be some articles that don't capture my attention, I always enjoy the show. I've learned a lot about various types of tech and how to use it through the demos since I began listening way back when the Dead Sea was only poorly. Keep up the good work. <laughs> Best regards, Billy. Thank Carl. you, Billy. Thanks, you, Billy. Your jokes are getting so good on Twitter, are, I've got to say. They're, yeah, they're, they're improving. Better. Well, look, we are out of time, but I just want to quickly say to that, the Sunu Band, I've just taken possession of one of those, uh, and I'm going to review it right here on Double Tap very soon. So stick around for that. I'll tell you, Billy, what I think about it on a forthcoming show. But from us, that is it. Um, Sean, good luck with the Android. I am impressed beyond belief. Thank you. And... Uh, Tim, we didn't get to your bit. We 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 talked Aww. about your bits all day, and we didn't even get them Boom, back away uh, on display. Yeah, something about Shocking. the host. I don't know. We, we we talked about it. It was teased. You even mentioned coming up, and hmm, maybe next week's host will be able to fit my bits in. Oh, that didn't sound good. Maybe oh. next week's show. Wow. Well, let's just <laughs> leave it on that yes, bombshell. <laughs> let's go. Uh, that's it. We're out. Goodbye. See you next time. Bye. 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 <laughs> This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.